0: Welcome everyone to another podcast. And we have got Leslie Robinson all the way from the UK from Open Audience. Uh, Now, Open Audience is an audience engagement consultancy using specialized technology to shape agendas and outcomes in meetings all over the world. And it's all about turning passive delegates into active participants, I love that. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Oh, thanks for having me. I'll speak slowly as I'm Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we we love the accents from that part of the world.
1: And if people don't understand, they
0: sort of embrace
1: it and try and figure yeah. it out. And <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is funny. I mean, when you look at subtitles, AI driven subtitling, it doesn't cope with Scottish very well. But <laughs> that, that's, that's an aside. That's an aside.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so Leslie, um, Tell us a little bit about uh, Open Audience and sort of a little bit about your background, really,
1: how um, your experience around um, delivering events. Yeah, no, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I do, I do appreciate it. Uh, I, I guess I've got an, uh, an an eclectic background in a kind of different way of getting into events. Because uh, My original uh, career was uh, in, in HR learning and development. Uh, and, and then, after a couple of different companies, I joined a global pharmaceutical company and worked for about 26 years. Uh, and the, the great thing was I never did the same thing twice. Uh, and the challenge was I was never quite sure what I was good at, <laughs> apart from never doing the same thing twice. And at one point in the journey, I ended up uh, managing an events team where basically I had to reduce it from X number to Y number and contract out the service. Right. So, so my, my, my real involvement with events was reshaping a, a, an organization. But, but having said that in the last maybe five, 10 years now in the organization I was in, I spent a lot of time on stage working with groups, working with audiences, sometimes managing it, sometimes being on stage. And, and for me, I spent a lot of my life in, in meetings where A, people didn't have English as a first language, but B, I spent a lot of time in really rubbish meetings. I'd go away thinking, well, that's two days of my life, I'm not going to get back. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so I, I think that combined with the fact I got quite interested in how you engage staff and employees and, 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 and what switches the light on and how do you measure the behavioral or, or, or cultural change of something you're doing and, and, and how do you deliver something that's of real value to a very diverse audience? So that, that, that kind of kicked it off. Now, I, I got a bit bored uh, after 26 years in one organization and I headed out on my own, not really sure what I was doing, apart from the fact I didn't want to do what I'd done before. Uh, and, and that kind of led a journey into the event side because I thought there must be something to this. you know, Death to boring meetings. There must be something you can do that, that really makes a difference. And then I thought, well, who's gonna buy me as some guy who's got some ideas? So I found some technology that linked to events and had a bit of a play. And the technology was somebody else's, it wasn't brilliant, but it made me realize what people actually wanted and customers wanted. And then that, that started a journey, which is I developed more tech, used other people and kind of the, the rest is history, so to speak.
0: Yeah, great. And look, I think, you know, I can feel for you on that one and relate is that, you know, when I think, all, when, you, when you work for a big corporation, I think, you're either a person that would like to, st- you either stay in that for comfort, or you yeah. really want to start your own business. And half the time you don't really know. So you go out and start something. Yeah. And the first one might be a flop and yeah. it might be a success, right? And it's yeah. a learning curve and,
1: uh yeah. you know, and, and, and to be honest, that's okay. And in and, 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 and the last 10 years, a lot of us spent in, emer- in emerging markets. So I worked across 32 countries. Where literally I, I could decide on not quite on a whim. Do we go to Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan, or Kazakhstan to invest and grow the business? And then, I, luckily, I came back to head office, and at one point, it's like, here's three forms for a stapler, you know. And it's like, what is that all about, you know? And, and so I went out thinking, whatever I build and whatever I shape, whatever I grow, I will never have three forms for a stapler. <laughs> uh, but that point, <laughs> a getting, that point is getting a point is getting close because we're growing. <laughs> and it's getting quite complex, oh, but we yeah. will not, we might have one form for a stapler, but certainly not three. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: So tell tell us a little bit about the types of events um, that you're um, running over in, in, in the UK. I know you do some stuff overseas as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You, you have, uh, you know, from what you've uh, discussed previously is, you know, you've specialised in, in healthcare. You've got a lot of very, very large clients. So tell yeah. us a little bit about you know some of the types of events
1: that you run right. small or large pre-covid or post-covid.
0: Uh pre-covid and then uh yeah moving into right. post-covid how you pivoted. Yeah because
1: I, th- I think that's the whole what what our events and what events do has changed dramatically for us over the last couple of years. So pre-covid we had a quite quite a successful business model where we were the kind of secret source of engagement. So you'd work with client X. They would say, I've got a, a 90 minute symposium in Bangkok and off we'd trot to Bangkok for 90 minutes. Sprinkle our, our, our magic uh, engagement dust on the meeting. Probably involve the people before, probably involve the people afterwards. Help the organization, the client, the agency have a more impactful 90 minutes and, and come back. Uh, and in the and the twelve months pre-COVID, where well, we're on all six continents. Uh, we we went to went to Shanghai and, and didn't even have an overnight in the hotel. We pulled an all nighter and slept on the plane coming home. It was that kind of brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Not very environmentally friendly, <laughs> but we were running stuff in China. We built tech that worked behind the great firewall of China, Melbourne, South America, North America 14 times and, and lots of different countries. And then, then COVID hit. Uh, and, and within two weeks, all our business that we carefully crafted, shaped and, and sought out just disappeared overnight uh and and it was a, a real kind of interesting point because it's always like oh okay they would just shut up and go away because our business model has has, has 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 fallen apart or or do we actually think about oh what's the future look like uh and and i think what's quite interesting is like pre COVID and now we're like five times the size organizationally uh and 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 i, and I think in an, an early point it was kind of like oh the people will have to have meetings somehow. How are they doing meetings anyway if they're not meeting face-to-face? Or oh, they're probably using technology. And like, oh, what's this Zoom platform? Oh, I've used Zoom at Christmas to phone my granny and have a family quiz. There must be something in that. <laughs> uh, and, and so we started to look at, well, what are our clients using if they can't meet? And we found they're using Teams and Adobe Connects and uh, Webex and, and Zoom. And and then I kind of adopted a principle, which is a meeting is a meeting is a meeting. There's content, there's agenda, there's a purpose, there's a, the the no do feel that you expect from delegates, and you probably want to reach them in advance. You probably want to reach them afterwards. And then thought, well, instead of rocking up in a location, well, it's all done electronically now. And as long as we've kind of read the manuals and we're one page ahead in the book, then the principle: of a meeting is a meeting is a meeting, whatever the the circumstances so that, that's kind of what we adapted and in the early days we reached out to our clients and effectively said well what are you doing and, and what do you need help with and in the very early stages it was people saying well we haven't used this platform called zoom and, and every time i put them to breakouts they disappear and then if i come back you know and it's like and and all mm-hmm. oh, the, the the video it's rubbish on zoom with videos yeah the, the stutter and everything else so we, we quickly worked out that you, know, you can run Zoom on steroids to a level where sometimes it's about keep people safe. So based on what we do, at its simplest, we'll, you know, it's a one hour Zoom webinar meeting run flawlessly. Now it might be see the slides, hear the video, and you go to breakouts and we bring you back. But we've defined about six levels on Zoom you know from zoom on steroids you want it to look like you know CNN or the BBC and full studio production we do that but what we've also been doing is, is kind of working on the basis that at its most complex we might do online four days uh, 18 hours three time zones nine languages where we're running a whole Congress uh, and 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 in the last 12 months we did 197 events where it was everything from one hour on zoom to that one i mentioned four days 18 hours three time zones nine languages and i did them all <laughs> i was the continuity person for four days and then i slept for a bit oh there you go um, there you go but, but but i think the interesting thing is that every man and his dog or every woman and his and our dog has got a virtual platform these days yep. and there's a lot of good stuff on the market and I think we've kind of put ourselves in a position where we'll get our clients the right technology at the right price to do the right things and run it in the right way. And it's not necessarily our technology; it's the right technology. So, so although we have our own technologies, we, we I kind of adopt uh, adopt a position which is uh, tell me what I'm not going to show you any tech first time we meet. Tell me what you need and tell me what you're planning to do and tell me how you're planning to run it and tell me what good look would look like for you and what's your attitude to risk and what's your budget. And then I might go, go away and come back with a gold, silver, bronze approach, three platforms. One might be mine, none of them might be mine. One might be 3D, one might be 2D, one might be X, might be Y, might be Zoom on steroids. We built 50 microsites and we streamed through 50 microsites. Oh, because that's all the client wanted they didn't want an no singing all dancing pl- platform because none of them do everything you, that i would want them to do yep. so yep. I, I think the learn for me has is, is been this whole thing about how do you blend the right technologies because clients sometimes don't always know what they want but they've kind of got an idea of what good mo- might look like and then you help them range find yeah what i what i found was
0: uh, as as you know we we had, uh, again, back in 2018, we had launched that Global Virtual Aesthetic Summit. Everyone yeah, yeah. thought we were nuts. Yeah. But again, we sort of bootstrapped it, We took a whole lot of bit of software. Um, we weren't at the stage in, in having our own software by that stage. And, and again, we didn't really know how medical professionals would, you know, uh, go through a virtual experience and how they would be educated. But our whole aim with that, and I think with virtual, was it was to bring content, global experts to yeah. local communities in, in third world countries that we're never able to afford going to yeah. Paris or Monaco for all, all of these events. And yeah. I think with virtual what I think we see the transition of events going back to in person, some yeah. are in hybrid, some are not. I still feel with the in person, they are fantastic for people want to go really for the networking. They love catching up with all of the clients that um, you know. take them out for nice dinners. And and it's really, uh, you can't beat that, that handshake. But when it comes to content, we know that at these big conferences, we can't go to everything. And I think no. that's where it's really good with the hybrid or the virtual, where yeah. people can really embrace and really sort of immerse themselves in so much content. But not yeah. have to do it specifically at that event, it might be over five yeah. days. So yeah. what was well, your I,
1: experience I, I, with it? Yeah, well I I think I think the well the first one that I thought, oh, this is this is this is this is meaningful was early stages of COVID. Uh I got involved with a medical association who were briefing Mexican doctors on the COVID to come. So uh, it was already happening in Europe and there was the hint of stuff in Mexico, but not a lot. So one one Saturday we ran a meeting for uh, Mexican key opinion leaders and we had doctors on from uh, Italy, from Spain, from North America, from all the hotspots where people were literally getting COVID and dying. Uh, and we ran this event in in English and Spanish uh, and our platform you know takes all the questions and translates them from Spanish to English in real time and 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 that for me was a you actually felt I actually felt we were adding real value to Mexico but but then what you saw was you saw the value that the technology could suddenly address a problem get a bunch of people on get 60 Mexican uh, specialists together on their equivalent of Saturday morning and, and answer the questions, you know, can we wash the, uh, the the PPE? We've only got this drug, would that work? Would that, what, what's your experience? Should we have them on the front, on their back? And, and, and you really felt that, you know, you really felt you're making a difference. And, and one of the reasons that I kind of set up open audience is this whole thing that I, I genuinely believe maybe in my healthcare background, I can make life better. I mean, it sounds very altruistic, but every time we're running a meeting in healthcare, I, I believe that we're incrementally improving the outcome. And, and whether that's clinical investigator meeting or a clinical briefing or a COVID meeting, through our intervention, the data is getting out there better, smarter, faster. And people are learning something. And, and the consequence is they go out and save more lives. You know, and there's all the stuff make running the meeting well and everything else. But I've a really nice warm feeling, which is I'm 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 saving the world yep. from, from my desk. And, and and I think the accessibility piece is something that I I, I think is, is key. In the last 12 months, we've had 149 countries represented on our meetings. Uh, I ran a meeting the other week with 90 countries on it. So we've had Bhutan, we've had Guam, we've had Nicaragua, Zimbabwe, Swaziland, which has changed its name. I had to look that one up. Plus all the all the all the usual countries. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and and in the drive to go back to fiscal, I know these people would not jump on a plane and go to you know Melbourne or go to uh Zurich. And, and 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 to be honest a lot of people we see are not the, the usual suspects that would rock up at a meeting they're aspiring they're up and coming they're a specialist in a country that could never afford to jump on the plane they might be the the number two in a department uh who who doesn't get the chance to travel because their boss boss goes or they're on an, an lines medic or a specialist nurse and and they're coming to update their their own information and own knowledge and they wouldn't get to go to conference and 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 I think they the kind of the, the the it's not a rush back to, to in person, but I, I think what I'm seeing is a, a lot of soul searching about what does a meeting look like at the moment so there's a lot of clinical data coming out from trials saying that you know he, uh, one, one global Congress in Europe uh, they, they polled everybody and said you know what would you prefer to happen the majority said we want a virtual future if it's run properly and the whole theory around how you learn and everything else is driving it towards virtual but there's other companies that are saying okay we'll have one meeting a year which is in person but the rest we're going to a, a mix in maybe hybrids whatever that is and and back to virtual but we'll blend it and 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 I saw a really interesting comment that somebody said don't call a hybrid call it blended uh blended meetings yep. you know yep. and and on the basis that i think everybody thinks hybrid is you run a, a bunch of people live and people watch it live from outside well that, that that's one way but I'm, I'm talking to people about different hybrid or blended options which is give the external people a different experience have it on a different day have exclusive content for the the viewing audience that you wouldn't get live make it worth the while to come on at different times regionalize the uh, the online from a global Congress you know so that there's a lot about you start with the design then the tech just follows along but it should be the right tech that's got the right kind of delegate journey and should have the right bells and whistles not just the bells and whistles that some some tech guy or tech company has decided is the way to do it because in heavy regulated environments you, there's a lot of stuff you can't do yeah. in the way that you might be able to do and I I don't know a, a concrete conference versus a a conference on oncology.
0: So, just with regards to webinars, what we see a lot of is is people uh people come to us and say, "Look, we want." We've been running our uh, events. um You know, the latest one was say KPMG. They right. they said, "Look, we we do our an employee engagement uh, event." We we do it in person, but now we actually quite like the virtual. We've been doing it on teams, but now we want to do something that's more than just a, a webinar. So what's maybe two or three things that companies can really think about or events companies can think about maybe adding on to just a just another webinar? What, what would be some
1: yeah. tips there? So I, I, I think the thing for me is how special do you want it to be? and ultimately how much effort are you prepared to put in because we've run stuff on teams we've run stuff on zoom we've often used somebody else's Teams, somebody else's zoom our zoom their teams our teams whatever but ultimately it comes down to we genuinely believe that we can run their tech better than they can which is we know which bells and whistles to push on teams to make it more interesting so i think there's a lot of people are thinking oh i can really do the zoom stuff but it's like yeah it's, it's it's difference between beginner intermediate and advanced and and guru uh, and 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 we've kind of got to the you know I, I think the the advanced or the guru stage on some of these things so i think using the technology is is one thing that that immediately takes it up we we get clients where we're running we're, we're running on an, an, an all employee meeting tomorrow where we're actually in a conference room streaming out the CEO to four and a half thousand people. You know, we've run just the normal all employee briefing and we just run it normally. And people are like, my goodness, that's the best meeting we've been at all year. But what they mean is, well, we actually heard the speakers because they seemed to be looking differently and we could see them. And, and they sounded better than they do normally. And they didn't come on with it, can you see my slides? and 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 receive their email Uh, and 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 when the video played it didn't stutter and 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 that was slick that was just like it was on the tv and and so i I think that i think there's this thing which is even doing the basics better suddenly ups it to a point where people are like oh that was well run Mm -hmm. and and i think that the whole thing about the zoom fatigue or whatever you want to call it is people are less forgiving now than they were in the early stages they expect it the technology to be you know to add value and be an enabler not a distraction so i think running it properly makes a real difference and and then i think there's something about the more time you can get to shape the agenda and by getting in people's heads who are organized it say okay what do you want the delegates to know feel and do when they leave right well how how does that work with the content because your content's like pretty dry and 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 so we've been involved with clients we were saying like right okay is there anyone else can present it <laughs> right there may be the top person but they're a bit boring uh in a nicest possible way so what can you do about the way you shape the agenda and, and don't make it suddenly go from oh my goodness they're all singing and dancing and, and playing the tambourine what can you do within the content to maybe have uh, a video at the beginning or maybe have something at the end and, and we've kind of taken some clients from well we just show that the update slides well why don't we make a video and it to music and and why don't we have some some you know a, a smart video an interactive video why don't we do something and why don't you ask people what they want and what they think along the way rather than just talk blindly at them so again that's about the content design but we we had clients during COVID who were like uh Oh, right, the morale's a bit low. Is there anything you can do to help us in the meeting? And that's where you become creative. So I think in content, it's like, well, oh, you should you should get them to do a, get leadership team to do a video, a, a song video, and they're like, oh right, what's one of them? It's like, oh right, okay. Well, I actually need to I actually need to do one now. <laughs> so, so so we've ended up doing seven song videos in the last year. Leadership team, two hundred people taking part. You know, miming, singing, cutting it together, and everything and and then you can be really creative I'm, I'm sure carpool karaoke is not I don't claim that we thought about it but one of the clients it's like do carpool karaoke with your leadership team at the end of the year is a bit of a giggle for your team and like, all oh, right how to do that I say, I'll, I'll find your James Corden lookalike which we did and then they rocked up uh, in a, a, a Range Rover and the CEO was singing in the Range Rover you know and, and so you can do things like that that's really quite interesting and cool but I think the other thing is take them to something they don't normally expect and run it well. So coming back to platforms, if they're always on Teams, surprise them if you can by going on Zoom or run something on Vimeo or get them on a virtual platform that doesn't fall over. And, and take them to something that is as simple to follow, easy to, to operate for people like me that are, are, are okay tech, but I'm not hugely techy. and 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 if I can work it the average Joe or Bob can work it but don't make the platform so crazy that that everybody spends their life laughing at the platform you know I I I was on a platform where it was a a, as a desert island with palm trees and coconuts and lava and I was a speaker and I spent about 20 minutes on this this desert this volcanic island I found the campfires have found coconuts I could not find the agenda and I that, could not find uh, I could not find where I was meant to log on uh, and I and I spent 20 minutes going up and down this blooming volcano and that was like form over function you know it's like yeah that, that, I'll never do that but it's really interesting and I remember it but for me it's kind of like I I don't even know where the agenda is on this island so so I think there's something that you have to take the average audience to think about What's the unexpected and what you could do? And then, as I say, just run it blooming, blooming well. Yeah, oh, that's, that, that's great. Is there,
0: look, you've, you've got, I mean, just some of those things that you've, you've mentioned, is, I think there's some great nuggets for people to sort of take, take, take back and sort of integrate into their events companies. I think, what would you say, just finishing off, what would be one of the biggest learnings over the last couple of years that, that you've had to take in and integrate into your your, your business and what's what do you see the future being, well, being I, I, the
1: I, I, I think it's, it's like Monty Python you know no one expects the Spanish in, Inquisition I'll, always expect the unexpected you know we were chatting just before we come on the first time I said oh right well let's assume that the the the, the chair here has a problem with their internet who's going on in the place if it happens I thought well, that's quite a good thing to say I read it in a book somewhere uh, and and I'd no longer said it, and I was like counting down thirty to to, to zero, and the chairs uh, machine went off, <laughs> right? It just disappeared, and I was like, it was flawless. It was like uh, you know, Stephen, uh, I, can you take over, please? Right? Okay, I'm sure she'll be back on. Can you just keep going? So I I I think that the the, the learn is about s- some of these things, and and I think the other learn is. It's easy to talk about stuff that people don't get. And everybody, if you say, oh, will run your Zoom level three and we'll make it look like the BBC. It's like, I know what that means. And they're like, what the hell is he on about? Hmm. So, so we, we've got a lot of examples to range find, which says I can run Zoom in any one of these formats. Let me show you what it looks like. Like, oh, is that what it is? Well, how do you do that? Don't worry about how we do it. We do it. So I think most of the people that I'm working with know that they need tech, but they're not quite sure what to do with it. And I think there's a great danger if you're very experienced. In this area is you forget and you, you leave people behind because you're like, ah oh, I know it's a level three and they're like, oh, I don't even know what level one or two is like. So I, I think there's something about always explain and insist on things like we need your chair on for a rehearsal. They should not rock up five minutes before. I, I'm not, you know, that is not good practice. The number of times we've they've said, oh, they're really experienced. They know what they're like and then you're like a minute off and the chair's like I, I can't get through a firewall in my institution and I can't download zoom and it's asking me to update and you know and, and it's a disaster so I, I think that the whole good practice around here are the things that we know will keep you safe and de-risk the meeting this is what you need to get your faculty and speakers and your your, your group to do because we know from experience if you don't do the following things and insist on a uh, that's when it looks less than professional. And we take that badly, uh, and we take it very personally, even though we've, we've warned about it, because we know that, get people on in advance, get them confident, explain what's going to happen, check, are you where you're going to make the call, check your internet, what go- happens if it goes wrong, let's get that down. So all you need to do is worry about coming out on the day, switching on half an hour before, go and have a cup of coffee, and we know you're good to go. So I I think that's one of the things. It's just like, you know, people will say, "Well, we're on Zoom all the time." Well, but you're not on our Zooms, and 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 we have a standard that we, we know works well and keeps you safe, yeah. uh, and 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 that's that's our professional uh, professionalism, and and we can share that with you.
0: Great. No, that's great, Leslie. I think uh, I really really appreciate you coming on and uh, having this interview. I think. You know, I, I would love to have you on as a guest and I know you've got uh, a lot of guests actually you'd like to bring on to the podcast yeah. and you as well. I think it'd be really fun actually because you've got, we've got similarities and you've got uh, some really interesting people I know um, that I would love to hear on this podcast and I'm sure everyone else would as well. So I'd like to say good luck uh, for 2022 and uh, again, you know, look forward to our, our next podcast interview. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for having me.